Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, doing fine. It's uh, basically Major League Baseball opening day. Started last night, but a full slate of games today. Excited to watch my Braves, and uh, I'm excited about that. But uh, but we're here to talk Bama, and we are two weeks from the start of fall camp. That's crazy. It is, and, and you know, there have been some reasons here of late to feel a little bit better about the uh, prospects of a season. I know everything's still up in the air, obviously, uh, but the AHSA, the Alabama High School Athletic Association, has essentially come out and said everything's full steam ahead. Now, some people have been critical of that decision, um, but the AHSA has said, hey, look, even if you don't go to school live, if you do it online, we're still going to plan on having football with, you know, all these stipulations, et cetera. And I think that's very positive for the outlook of college football. Again, some people uh, on AL.com, especially Joseph Goodman, wrote an article basically lambasting the whole idea of it. But I, I frankly think that um, it's 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 fine. I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, I think that, again, we've got to – get back to some sense of normalcy. And, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, um, Dr. Fauci threw out the first pitch uh, for the Washington Nationals game. Uh, it was a horrific – it looked like an Alabama field goal. But um, – <laughs> and then there was later a picture of him sitting in the stands right next to two people with his mask pulled just over his neck, essentially. So if Dr. Fauci is kind of doing that, I feel like the rest of us can make some football happen. So I feel a lot better – after uh, yesterday. Yeah, uh, that was a bad look for Fauci not to wear the mask, although one of those people is his wife. So I don't I don't exactly mask up around the house with the wife. So I get, I get that. But there was a, another person that was that was there. So uh, uh, but yeah, that wasn't a good look. Uh, all things considered, although we did wear the mask when he uh, butchered his first pitch uh, halfway up the first baseline. But uh no, we're too weak. How about if this happens? I don't think we should rule this out, Luke. I will be, this will be crazy, but I do think it could happen. Let's say that Alabama makes an announcement next week about what, what Alabama is doing. And they say, well, the only team that's canceled on us is USC. We replaced them with BYU. We'll start camp August 7th and we're going to play 12 games and we're going to have a full stadium. And they, and they and 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 that's what Alabama plans to do. Now everything could change. A lot of teams could drop out. The governor could just say, "No, Alabama, you're not doing that." Uh, you know, when the games get closer. But I, I, I don't think we should rule out the possibility that Alabama or Greg Byrne makes that sort of announcement. Twelve games, playing everybody a schedule. BYU replaces USC. We'll play them in Tuscaloosa, full stadium. And uh, and the reason that we're having a full stadium is this. Uh, the risk of COVID is extremely real. Everyone will be required to wear a mask. There will be a temperature check at the gate. No one will be allowed in with a temperature. Everybody wears a mask. You take the mask off. You get escorted out. Other than that, come at your own risk. I mean, you know, I'm down with it. I know there, there are probably obviously some people who would not be all about it. And I get that that line of thinking. However, it's 2020, and um, 
it feels like we are on a collision course with an asteroid as a planet. So why not just get, let's go out? I mean, I don't want to go out. If an asteroid is going to strike the planet, I don't want to be sitting at home uh, with a mask on in a uh, wetsuit so that I don't touch anything. And worried to death, I'm going to get some disease. I mean, if an asteroid's coming, let's play some football, dude. <laughs> I sort of feel that way, Miles. I mean, I, 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 I've been in torn in every direction ever since this pandemic started. What, what I never tend to like is the extremes, the uh, the over-the-top extremists, you know, that we need to shut the entire economy down and everybody needs to shelter in place until 2021 and we have a vaccine. Uh, I, I hate that. Uh, I also equally dislike the, this is the flu, no one should care, this is no big deal, this is a nothing burger while 140,000 people are dead in five months. I mean, I, I hate that too. I, I think both of those extreme views are exactly that. They're extremist. It's not smart. It's not logical. It's not correct. It's the wrong way to go about it. Other than that, I'm constantly torn between, you know, what, what should be done and, and, and not. But this is a fact for me. And I, maybe I can say this because I'm a theoretically healthy uh, not elderly just yet and, and healthy and it's easy for me to get to the games. Um, if they have the games, it's a full stadium. I'm going to go now. I might even wear gloves. I might wear two masks. I'm going to be extremely conscious of the fact I'm in a crowd and probably shouldn't be, but uh, I would go, I would go. I mean, that's just, I would go. So if uh, I, I'm, I'm not a get, so I guess I guess I must not be against it because I would go, though I would take a lot of personal caution. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I would go too. Um, I, again, I've been going to fewer and fewer games just as I've gotten older anyway. Um, but yeah, I would go and I, I would take my kids. I would I would do the whole nine yards. Uh, but I, you know, look, I'm not necessarily a super risk taker, but I've been bungee jumping. I've been skydiving. Um, you know, a parasailing a gazillion times. I mean, you know, I just, I, some things like that don't bother me. Now at the same time, if there's a spider on my desk right now where I'm recording this, I'll sell my house. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm a risk taker in, in one, some regards and not so much in other regards. Um, but you're talking about places you'd go. Well, one place you should go is rock auto, rock auto. Rock auto. Yeah, you, you're the best. You need to sit. You need to be their singer. Rockauto.com. <laughs> what does it pay? Uh, exactly what you're worth. Uh, but <laughs> rockauto.com is the place to go. And look, I've always said, look, you can get your windshield wipers, your rear view mirrors. You know, you probably get seatbelt replacements. You can get whatever you need at rockauto.com. And it's super, super easy. Look, I'm not a car guy, but if I, if I ever thought that I needed a part and I want to get into that, I'm going to rockauto.com. They are the absolute best. It's so easy. It's inexpensive. It's a lot cheaper. You know, think about it. You're cutting out a middleman here. So go to rockauto.com and then get your friend who knows about cars to replace whatever it is. And they also sell oil. If you do your own oil changes or whatever, you can get your oil from rockauto.com. Anything to do with your car. Go to Rock Auto. That's R O C K A U T O 
Locked.com. Go check them out. They are a sponsor of all things Locked On and mention that you heard about Rock Auto from Locked On. Okay, Jimmy. Awesome. Um, I, I'm going to throw this out there again. You know, here it is Friday morning, and we are waiting on the Damon Payne announcement. We'll talk about that in the final segment. But uh, on Twitter, what's a lot of fun is that uh, people say, okay, 43 days until Alabama's first game. <clears throat> and so let's talk about a number 43. And today, of course, is Antonio Langham. Um, and people just put the picture out there, whatever. Now, I, I guess I'm bringing that up because I thought it'd be cool to talk about what and try to take out the uh, recency bias here. Which play do you think is more memorable and more um, – which one ranks higher in Alabama history? Second and 26 or um, intercepted by Langham for the touchdown in the SEC title game? Well, first, I'm going to say second 26 because it won a national championship. I think that's the answer just because it won a national championship and and, and probably – deserves a very high ranking in the history of college football, like biggest plays in college football history, you know, a game-winning play in overtime to win a national championship game. I'll just throw in this that, that you know, I was a, a, I was a first-year law student in 92 when Alabama won uh, the, the national championship that year, and, and that Langham uh, pick against Florida was probably the iconic play of the year, that or the Teague strip uh, in the Superdome against Miami – but I, I just I was just reminded watching a, an SEC Network special last weekend when we were in Tuscaloosa, uh, just just sort of those uh, recap shows they do of a, a decade. You know, they, they cover a decade of SEC football in an hour and they spent quite a bit of time on Alabama's 92 team showing clips and interviews. And uh, it just reminded me that I think it's partly because I was just that that age and, and those those guys were my peers and I went to school with them uh I, you know the 92 team will probably always be my favorite team and, and and solely solely because you know I was that age at that time going to school then and and so it's hard for me not to pick that Langham thing personally because anything remotely touching 1992 is going to be a big deal to me personally but I think the answer is second 26 because, I mean, can it get bigger than a game, than literally a walk-off, a walk-off game-winning play to win the national championship, particularly when it's second and 26 and on the play before you're like, we lost, we, we just took a sack there and we lost the game and our poor field goal kicker is going to have to move to, uh, to Norway, uh, you know, and, and, yeah, so I think it's second 26. But, man, when you bring up 1992, I start waxing poetic. No, I'm with you. And it's funny because you say that about second 26. I'll never forget. I was in the um, Georgia Dome and uh, or the Mercedes Dome or whatever the hell you want to call it. And, uh, I, you know, I was just full of angst because it was 13 nothing at the half. And it just felt like we couldn't get anything going. And I kept saying – uh, to my wife and friends, we got to put, we got to try something different. We got to put two in and and we did. Um, and then when he took that sack, I grabbed my coat and grabbed my wife by the arm and said, let's go ahead and stand up because 
the Georgia fans are going to go nuts when they win this thing. And, and I want to just get on home. We had planned to drive home that night to Birmingham and, uh, you know, he hits that pass. And I mean, it, it was surreal and I'll never forget walking out of that stadium and it was deathly quiet but because nobody believed what they had just seen it, it you know maybe maybe watching the um maybe watching the replay um you think that uh, that that it, it was loud or whatever but in walking out it did not seem that way at all um so jimmy yeah it was just surreal walking out of that stadium um with uh, so many people and, and, and just the silence was incredible. And, um, so yeah, that, that's always going to stick with me. Um, but that was almost a dream like moment. Whereas, and I do think that's more important in Alabama history. I do. I think it's more important in college football history. However, the, the interception by Langham was so huge. And again, they did the whole SEC special on it. Uh, the play that essentially saved the championship games that could have literally ruined championship games from the start if that doesn't happen. And the other thing that's memorable about that is the coldest I've ever been. I was freezing <laughs> my skinny ass off, and I was like six five, one seventy five at the time, and I was freezing like nobody's business. And um, and the other interesting story that that probably should not be told. I won't get into terribly much. But I had gone out the previous night, and I may have found a, a young uh, jeune fille, as they say in, in French. And um, my parents were coming to pick me up in Tuscaloosa and then drive back to Birmingham. You found a young – that's from Dumb and Dumber. You found a young filly? I found a young filly. And, and then, Jim um, said, then Jim Carrey said, no, nah, she was a girl. No, no, it, it was Jeff Daniels. He said, no, nah, yeah. she was a girl. It wasn't exactly uh, – it for probably for her too. It wasn't exactly either one of our prouder moments. We probably both woke up and thought, you know, I could do better. Um, she talking about she talking about you in a podcast today. <laughs> she probably is. But what happened was, I, I'll never forget it. I woke up and I and I turned around and and of course you see what what's happened. You know, things start rushing back very quickly, and um, I. <laughs> I went and said, look, my parents are coming. I've got to jump in the shower. And I jumped in the shower. And, Jimmy, I, I stayed in the shower so long that I pruned up. I unpruned. You were hoping she left. I pruned again. Well, I stayed in the shower so long. No, well, I was just hoping she would leave. And eventually she did. <laughs> and uh, my parents come in. I mean, I, my water bill was $472. <laughs> and um, And so – my parents come pick me up. We go to the game. We have a, the best time. And me being me, I do feel a little guilty about everything. I'm like, you know, this, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't like, I don't, I'm not a, that's not what I want to do. You know, I don't want to be, and I'm just feeling guilty. Well, as luck would have it, several weeks later, I'm out again. I see this um, at, you know, who I thought at the time was a rather fetching young lass. And um, I, I, and I see her and I'm like, oh, oh my God, like I kind of run into her and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, she's about to get mad. She said, hey, what you doing tonight? <laughs> really? Yeah. And I, I did. You know, so I was like, OK, I feel less bad now because obviously she was like, I want to get away from him. He wants to get away from me. But, you know, if, if things happen again, they happen again. <laughs> and you were like, damn it, I feel so used. I should be mad at her.
The whole time I was feeling guilty, I should be angry about this. Yeah, I know. So anyway, what am I? That, what am I that's unfeeling, I'm a person with no feelings. That's another reason for me to remember the 1992 SEC championship game. Um, yeah, uh, my experience was uh, much different. I could not go to the game. I was in my law school apartment because December 5th is roughly a week away from law school finals. So uh, while I did uh, celebrate the day and have beers and drank beers during the game, I watched on TV with my girlfriend, who's, who's now the wife, uh, and I remember it well, but uh, – Oh, I was uh, I had to be bare had to be buried in the apartment for law school finals. So I was not out gallivanting like the Hugh Hefner of Birmingham. I was like I was actually at the University of Alabama at the time. I was in Tuscaloosa. My uh, my parents had drove from Ellicott to Tuscaloosa, picked me up, and then we drove back to Birmingham. But it literally is the coldest I've ever yeah. been. And then I remember the next year in '93, the weather was so shitty in Birmingham. You know, and that's when they decided we we're going to go to Atlanta. And, and at first I was like, man, Birmingham's the, ca- you know, the SEC capital of the world or whatever. And then when I was in that weather in 93, I was like, you know, a dome would be pretty cool. <laughs> if they'd kept the game in Birmingham, they probably would have built the dome for that. Oh, God. But, but no, I, I personally think the game should be in Atlanta. I think it's a little crappy that it's uh, that there's no SEC team in Atlanta. And it can be a little bit of a home game to an extent for Georgia fans just because of their geography. But uh, Atlanta is the biggest city in the SEC footprint. Uh, yep. It's it's an NFL city. It's an NFL stadium. Getting to Atlanta, feel, you know, like, well, we're, we're playing to hope to get to Atlanta. You know, that's that to me just has a bigger game feel to it. So. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really happy. And, and, and look, when you asked the original question, you know, I was trying to think of reasons to go with 92 for, for, for why I stated before. But one of the reasons to go with 92 is is exactly, you know, you go with 92 uh, because that was the first championship game. It was the first championship game and it was a huge, exciting game with the big play by the big star who, who defined the game and, and it opened the door for every conference to have a championship game, ultimately leading to the BCS and now the college football playoff. That was really the first game that led to what is now a postseason. So in, in so many ways, it's just iconic. All right, Jimmy, for this last segment, let's talk a little recruiting. Uh, Damon Payne should be recruiting, I mean, committing Sunday on CBS Sports. Yeah, 2 p.m. And it's going to be live. It's, I mean, I, I hope everybody's going to be watching. It should be good news for Alabama. You know, we've talked about it a million times. It's a very weird final group for him, Kentucky, Arizona State, Alabama. But, you know, he's – I mean, if you – it's been sort of a bad secret he's going to commit to Alabama for a while now. So, you know, why not just say, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about Hawaii, Alcorn State, and Bama, you know. <laughs> I just hope uh, I hope his final choice is Alabama. I feel that's the way this is headed. Alabama's a big favorite. All the crystal balls say Alabama. Uh, I'm very optimistic it's Alabama. He will be a huge get just simply because, I mean, athletic defensive tackles, highly recruited, highly regarded defensive tackles, they're the gold of recruiting. That and quarterback, I mean, that uh, it's it's just the goal. It's the hardest kids to find, and 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 it's 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 for simple biological reasons. It's hard to find highly athletic, two hundred and ninety pound humans. There's fewer of them. There's a lot 
of DBs and receivers and running backs, because those are somewhat normal-sized human beings, but uh, finding highly athletic defensive tackles, there's just a lot fewer. And, you know, it's something where we had a somewhat of a shortage this past year. I mean, we, we had an embarrassment of riches there for a while, then a couple of injuries, and, you know, you're back to uh, square one, and luckily – uh, it looks like Alabama's going to be loading up on that side of the ball. Who else is out there, Jimmy? I, I, Tino Sinceri put another tick, tick, boom uh, tweet out there, which usually signifies a, a forthcoming commitment. Do you think it's going to be a JUCO defensive back? Well, my first thought was when I first saw uh, when I first saw Tino's uh, tweet. You know, get excited, and and and, and I guess it's, I guess we have a tendency at Alabama because. Because Nick Saban has spoiled us, we look at that and go, oh, oh, we got another commitment. Is this going to be Kyrie Jackson? Maybe it's Jason Marshall. But, you know, let's just take a step back and a deep breath. You know what probably was is Damon Payne. <laughs> you know, letting the staff know, hey, Sunday when I'm committing, you, you do know what you guys right now. I mean, y'all. And so, so maybe, maybe it was, pro- it was pro- I'll just say probably Payne because that's next. But, uh, Alabama is in very good shape for a number of kids. I would even say the list is, is this long. Jaquincy McKinstry, Jason Marshall, Terry and Arnold, Xavier Sori, Shamar Turner, Tim Keenan, Michael Goodwine, uh, William Parker, Amar- Amarius Mims, Tristan Lee, Jaeger Burton, Robbie Aus, Malcolm Johnson, uh, Brian Thomas, uh, Luke Altmeyer, it could be any of those guys. And what, what I just said, I was like, what, 15, 18 kids? Um, it could be any of those guys because we're in good shape for every single one of them. Not leading, but in really good shape. It's very realistic we could get any of those kids. Yeah, I think what uh, people get so high on this flurry of commitments we've had, and you feel like, okay, great, give me another one. Well, we're kind of running low on spots, so I think we're about to become a little bit pickier. Um, yeah, got to be. Now, we're not necessarily running low on spots. We got 15 commitments, but um, there's a lot know. more than there's a lot more than 10 kids out there that that are really, really good that like us a lot. Correct, a lot more than 10. And you know, so that means we only got potentially plus or minus 10 more tick, tick, boom kind of things. Um, so, and signing day, at least the early signing day is not until December. So we got several months that happened. So if we got about, you know, a commitment and a half a month, <laughs> it's not going right. to be the flurry of commitments we've had is what I'm saying. Right. So. Nope, that's exactly right. And uh, it needs to slow down just in the sense of, you know, once you hit 25, 26, it's over. Uh, also doesn't feel like a year where we're going to cut loose kids that are committed. I mean, I say that every year, you know, every year there's at least 10 kids on the list that are being discussed on the message boards as, well, we're going to dump him. And yeah, where it is, we're dumping him. And you know how many we dump a year, maybe one. And, and usually it's for something off the field. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever think we're going to dump anybody and, and 90% of the time I'm right. Um, this is another year where I, I just don't see who you dump. And uh, so that means we can only take like 11 more kids. And there's a lot more than 11 good players out there that, 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 that really favor Alabama. So you got to be really picky with these last spots. But, but Damon Payne, he should be next. And trust me, he makes the cut. You take yeah, Damon makes, Payne every time. He's not one you dump. He does the dumping. 
Um, That's right. And uh, kudos to, uh, you know, normally we have to beat out Michigan and Ohio State for, you know, if, if you told me we're signing Payne, I would tell you we got to beat out Michigan and Ohio State. And we did because they offered him and they'd take him tomorrow. But uh, kudos to uh, Herm Edwards at Arizona State, Mark Stoops at Kentucky for being the finalists. And uh, they're doing a great job. I tell you, ever since I've started, ever since I've started working in recruiting, is you know, go, goes back a whole while now. Uh, but having this job at QB Country forces you to, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy to do it, it forces you to look at every program like a parent because you're, you, you know, you want, you want your trainees, you want your kids, the guys you're helping to be in a great place. And it opens your eyes. And, and I said that to say this, I would want my kid to play for Herm Edwards. I mean, Herm Edwards is a great person. Uh, he's extremely bright. He's a very motivational speaker. He's coached at every level. He's having good success now at Arizona State. And, uh, you know, as someone that, you know, works in the recruiting field, I mean, you, you look for guys like that. Mark Stoops seems like a, a real great guy. His players at Kentucky love him. I mean, that, that his players love him, and he coaches at a very difficult place, and he is now winning at an historical clip at Kentucky and has somehow, this is not an exaggeration, Luke, somehow Kentucky has built a top three offensive line in college football. They have four guys that are going to play in the NFL on that offensive line, and only Alabama's unreal offensive line and Tennessee's offensive line, which is full of five stars, uh, are, are better than what Kentucky's got. I'm not talking about in the SEC. I'm talking about in the United States. Um, oh, yeah. So Herm Edwards and Mark Stoops have done a heck of a job. And like I said, you know, you, you'd want your son to play for Herm Edwards. Great, great, great dude. Well, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will catch you guys on uh Monday of next week. Looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about how big a deal it is to uh, get the commitment of one Damon Payne. And we will be talking about actual football practice. But when Monday gets here, when you guys listen to another episode of Locked on Bama, we'll be like 11 days from the 2020 Crimson Tide hitting the field. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.